Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hotter Than the Climate. Today is a very special episode because we have Chio Se with us. He is a New York City Council candidate for District 36, an activist, third generation Brooklynite, and ready to make his mark on, on his community. Hello, Chi. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for having me here. I'm looking forward to, to getting into the meat of this conversation. Yes. Oh, no, thank, honestly, thank you. I'm a huge supporter of yours and everything that you stand for. So thank you so much for uh, making time for me to talk with me and talk all about your campaign. Of course, of course. So let's just swing right into this. I just want to know, like, really, what got you into politics and what made you want to run in the first place? Because I know, like, the gist of it and everything, but I'd love to, for my audience and for people that don't know you to understand what made you start in the politics realm. Absolutely. Yeah. First and foremost, I never thought I would run for uh, elected seat. Um, I've always been a political person. I think being black in America, uh, that is political in and of itself. Um, I've been aware mm -hmm. of what's going on on the federal level as well as the local and statewide level. But again, didn't think I would, would jump into this race or any race in my life. Um, what brought me to my political action and then to this campaign um, was after protesting this past summer after the murder of George Floyd. Like many Americans and people across the world, uh, I took to the streets, you know, to, to I guess, exert um, the emotions and feelings that, that I was feeling and many people were feeling um, about the videos and content that we were seeing um, with what happened um, with George Floyd. Um, you know, someone that was going out nearly every single day protesting um, I was organizing a lot of those those events. Um, you know, I was organizing marches and children's marches and putting out educational content regarding what you know it's like to be a black person within this country. Um, you know, as as someone that was going out um, on a weekly basis or on a daily basis, um, I, I found other people that were out there on the ground that were sharing the same message that I was. Um, and we founded a collective called Warriors in the Garden. Um, we were dedicated to nonviolent protest. Um, to achieve the legislative change that we wanted to see um, as allies and as Black people within the United States of America. Um, you know, I, I understood uh, within that second week of protesting that being on the streets and, and chanting and making demands could not be our only route um, to achieve the change we wanted to see. Um, at the time, I was doing a lot of research into the power of our city council, of our local government, um, and found out, you know, like many people did this past year, that our city council, um, you know, delegates our city budget um, They're the legislative body of our city um, and they mm -hmm. delegate land use. You know, these are huge things um, that affect our day-to-day -day lives. You know, we can't rely on the president or Joe Biden or, um, you know, our Senate um, to, to mainly affect um, our day-to-day -day, uh, experiences. It's our city council, it's our local government um, that participates in that. Um, and that's when I had this revelation and I was like, okay, if, if my elected is not going to fill uh, the needs of, of, of me and my community and, and my people, um, then I will take the initiative and jump in this race myself uh, to be the individual that's at City Hall writing that legislation um, and getting things done. Yeah, no, that's really amazing. And honestly, I think this summer got a lot of people that didn't expect to be in politics and and learning about so much stuff. They were honestly, they were forced to, it was in the news, it was on your social media feeds, you were getting your, like um, like you said, you're making informational like threads and posts. So I think that's really important. And I think that got a lot of people onto like the journey and then you hear more about how everything's interconnected. So I think that was, that's really, that's really great how you like, how you got into it and how you really engage with your community and how, you know, you, you said, like, like you said, you didn't see enough change being done with these protests. So you were like, might as well get into government, might as well be the change that you wish to see in the world. So Absolutely. that's really great. Absolutely. And, and um, so this, 
going back into your um, campaign and what you're all about. So I know that your campaign slogan or your motto for the campaign is reimagine, reinvest and renew. Mm -hmm. And for starters, I love that. I understand what that means and everything. But for like the average person, what does that mean? Like personally about you and what you if say if you were elected, like what that means for your campaign and your vision and what you want to do with um, your power and influence? Absolutely. Yeah. So the three R's, um, we wanted to have something catchy that that could stick into people's heads and then was easy to grasp. Um, you know, initially I jumped into this race to um, reimagine public safety, you know, as someone that was protesting. Um, that was the main issue um, and still is one of the main issues on my platform. Um, I want to reimagine public safety because I believe that it is a system that doesn't work for individuals like myself, individuals in marginalized, vulnerable communities. And within that reimagination, we must divest from the NYPD, divest from these carceral systems and reinvest mm -hmm. within our communities, whether it's public education, whether it's mental health, whether it's public housing. Um, those are the agencies and foundations within our communities that need the most funding. And the public safety in the NYPD um, has you know, a bulk of our, our, our city's funding. Um, and that needs to change. And through that reimagination, through that reinvestment, um, I will see a renewal within that. We'll have a renewal within our communities, a renewal within these agencies that have been given up on fiscally and by the government. Um, and that's that's what I hope to see. But it extends further, you know, than public safety. Um, there are various, you know, systems within our government, various agencies within our city government um, that that are not at the to the state that the people need them to be at. Um, you know, we have, um, you know, the environment has been, you know, something that, that, that is a huge part of my platform that is often yes. neglected, you know, within um, city government. Um, we saw what happened in Texas a month ago. You know, climate change is not going to be an event. It's an epic. It's, it's going to be um, a continuous experience that we will all experience. New York City um, is, is, is close to water. You know, we're going to be hit immensely um, by this climate crisis. Um, so within that, that 3R uh, philosophy, I mean, ethos within my, my, my platform, um, it seeps its way into an issue such as climate change. You know, through the rejection of some bloated budgets within the city, we need to reinvest, you know, reinvest into green jobs, reinvest into parks, reinvest into, um, you know, pu green public housing. Um, and within that reinvestment, there will be a renewal, you know, a renewal of, of green space, um, a renewal of, of, of educational, recreational space within our communities. Um, you know, those three R's, um, again, is, is the motto and, and the ethos and the, the philosophy behind this campaign, um, because it addresses um, how much support um, some of these agencies that have been neglected for years within our city uh, need. I understand the very like the real need for reinvesting and putting all of our money that we get for, for example, for the police and for just the city in general into communities and into our, into the people. And that's very important. And also like you were saying about climate change, like that's like, that's one of my main things. I consider myself a climate activist and of course care about all other issues interconnected with it. Um, but yeah, like, so whether we believe or we want to do anything about climate change, it's coming, whether, whether we want to um, do anything about it or not. So we, we have to be prepared and we have to reinvest and reimagine green technology and re reimagine how our city can look and planting and like making it more green and environmentally friendly and sustainable. So I do think that's incredibly important. And that's something great that your campaign thrives on and talks about. Absolutely. No, that's, and, um, so I know you're a fellow Gen Zer, um, and that's great to see. Not some, um, of course. There's some great on the older end of the, ske How old of the are spectrum. How I'm 19. Okay, okay. So I'm a, I'm a little older. I know there's like yeah. a, a weird um, 
like I'm not a millennial, but I am Gen Z, but like, I'm still not, I guess there's this, it was like deeper Gen Z. I don't know. <laughs> No, 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 you, you, <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're accepted with, with the Gen Zers for sure. No, but no, but like I was saying, like, of course, like I have so much respect for some of the older politicians, like Bernie Sanders for just one of the many examples, but I just feel like there's definitely, um, there's some disconnect with like the older politicians with the demand that the younger generation wants. So it's really, for starters, it's nice seeing a young politician that really um, understands and the needs of the the new generations and the generations even after us. So like what challenges have you faced um, doing this at such a young age? Because I believe you'd be the youngest city council. Don't, I might be wrong, but I think you'd be the youngest one. I am definitely the, the youngest person to run for my district's race. Um, there gotcha. is someone younger than me running in the entire you know city council races, but yeah. uh, just looking at the, the the numbers and the fundraising and you know the endorsements, I believe that I will be the youngest city council member in New York City history. Um, nice, yes. I faced a plethora of challenges since the day I jumped in. Obviously, there is ageism that is, is pulled into this race. Um, people mm-hmm. say I'm young, too green for politics, inexperienced. Um, and I just, you know, respond with both the work as well as asking questions about, uh, you know, some of the other people that we've, we've let be in charge. Um, look at the state of our city. You know, there are still uprisings um, in, in concern for, for anti-Asian crimes and concern for Black Lives Matter. Um, mm-hmm. We are on the brink of, uh, you know, climate collapse. Um, you know, many people are out of jobs throughout this pandemic. Many people still do not have access to the vaccine. And who are the people in leadership? Who are the people in charge? Um, exactly. People that are experienced. I say that with quotation marks. People <laughs> that are of age. I say that with quotation yeah. marks. Um, how much longer are we going to uh, let people uh, rule over us just because of how many years they've been on this earth rather than the actual policies and solutions that they're presenting mm-hmm. to our communities? Um, something else that I, I respond to those ages comments or inexperienced comments is um, I like to reflect on the work that I've done for our community. You know, uh, we have been setting up a food distribution for the past four months for many of the NYCHA public housing developments within our neighborhood. I've combated greedy uh, developers from from swooping in um, and and developing over green space and building unaffordable housing for the people within this neighborhood. Um, I have fought um, to kill some bills um, that would have made it expensive and and even displaced many of our small black homeowners within this neighborhood. And I've only done that um, throughout the past nine months during this campaign. You know, something we wanted to push throughout this campaign is that it's actions over promises. You hear a lot of talk from candidates talking about what they'll get done after they're in office. Uh-huh. So much that, talk. <laughs> we knew that stepping into this race that one, I was going to to face criticism for my age and two, uh, criticism for my lack of experience. So we wanted to prove people wrong and show people what we could do now by being a proactive candidate and a proactive campaign prior to stepping into office to show them um, and foreshadow for them uh, what our time in office will be. Um, and after I say that, and after I just talk to people and tell them to compare um, our policies and our solutions to um, other candidates within this race, um, then they get that I'm serious about this. Then they get that um, there's work that I'm doing and they get that I will be able to get more work done once I'm in the seat. Exactly. And there's no, there shouldn't be an age where like, it's like you're, you're old enough to like really care and make a difference in like the world. That shouldn't really be a thing Absolutely. at all. I, I feel like uh, there's a lot of, of there's a lot of focus on representation these days in politics. And we hear a lot of representation in terms of gender and race, sexual orientation. Um, but there's not a lot of, rep- a lot of uh, uh, I guess, talk about representation of age. Um, and I mean, if we look at the federal government, um, I think most of our electeds are boomers. Um, and it's great that we are on yes. this environmental podcast or 
podcast right now, uh, because the environmental crisis is going to hit us everywhere, economically and jobs and just our ways, ways of life. And who are the people that are closest to, to um, or more, most knowledgeable about this uh, environmental crisis? You know, it's our, our young people, young people that are speaking up, young people that are taking action. I'm not saying that we should get rid of all, you know, seniors <laughs> or boomers within. No, no, no. I understand that. No, not at all. Balance and representation. Um, and something that that I've always pushed throughout this campaign um, that I think is is often neglected through um, you know some of the people that are are older in politics is um, this lack of understanding that co-governance is what makes a great leader. Um, you know, I am stepping into office with my community. Everyone, or, or I think most electeds and a lot of candidates think that they have all the answers. I'm telling you that I do not have all of the answers. There are people that have different life experiences than me. There are people that understand things different than, different than me. But what will make me a great leader and what has made me successful now is the fact that I'm bringing everyone into the fold when, de when decision making is being made. No, and that's really great because a lot of a lot of candidates speak this huge game like they know every single fact in the world. But like, it's great. You're like, I know ABC, you know, a lot, obviously. And because you're running and you have an amazing campaign and amazing just oh, everything you, you care for. But you're, you're saying like, I still have room to grow. And that's that like humanizes you and that like, makes people be able to like relate with you and understand that you're you're just like everyone else. And like you but you you care for the people you want to make a difference. But again, like you're going to learn with people, the more life experiences you have, the more you engage at your community and meet new people that's you're going to learn and and figure out new things that you never did before i mean especially on a local level we need more people in politics rather than politicians mm -hmm. 100 yeah because i yeah again like like i just said like we need to humanize politics more it, it shouldn't it, it's for the people it shouldn't be such like a a toxic terrible like cruel evil like space it should be filled with just like like creatives and artists and like people that really care for like one another and just people like educated people but just people that really want to make a difference for this world for the the better the 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 people over profit people not the profit over people people exactly. <laughs> that that not the profit over you get what i was trying I to get say it, I get it, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um well that actually goes into kind of my next question so this talk of climate change and again because this is mainly an environmental podcast how do you make the case for people to care about climate change and all of our environmental issues mm -hmm. to the ones that say i can't worry about that right now um i have to worry about rent i can't worry about that it's going to happen in 50 years it's not a big deal like how do you make those people like care and understand the urgency of the issue absolutely and i i, I want to start this off by saying i understand you know people have a wide range of issues that are yes affecting their lives you know, prior to to maybe environmental injustice. Mm -hmm. um, of course, but, of course. You know, I like to put um, environmental injustice and, and compare it to um, how, you know, environmental justice um, is racial justice. You know, I jumped into this race because Black Lives Matter. People only see that in the sense of law enforcement killing Black and Brown men, women, and children. But it extends further than that. You know, we are put in, we are redlined in districts where um, based off of our environment, um, we are dying from the second we wake up to the second we go to sleep. Um, you see mm -hmm. that asthma rates are higher in Harlem in a neighborhood like mine um, because of how they've been placed, um, you know, adjacent to factories. You know, that is environmental injustice that is killing our youth from the second they are born. Um, and for example, food injustice. Food injustice um, is racial injustice. Huge, yes, with huge injustice. issue. Environmental justice. Um, you know, I want to tell everyone that um, look around the world, um, look around where you live, that is the environment. And that is, you know, where, where your day-to-day -day experiences um, are, are taking place. And if your environment 
isn't up to date or up to the, the, the grade that it should be um, because of the system that you've been placed in. And that should be an issue that you should be fighting for. Um, how is it a part of my platform? And I explain to people and, and come to them where they're at. You know, there's only 4% of dedicated green space within District 36. Yet there are multiple empty unused lots that are owned by developers um, that have just been used for junk or trash for, for years. Mm -hmm. um, yet, you know, in our public schools, um, our kids don't have a place to play with. Um, their, science is, is, their science classes are extremely underfunded. So I present this to parents and present this to people that, that don't have environmental um, or climate justice at the forefront of their platform and, and, and present this plan to them. You know, at the end of my third term, um, I want to extend green space within this district from 4% to 10%. Um, how will we do that? We will create green union jobs um, that will turn these empty lots that are funded by the city into green spaces, whether for recreation, whether for education, whether for urban farming. Um, that, help, that, that, that helps all of us. That helps our kids. That helps our parents. That helps the foods that, be, that is being put within the stomachs of our people. And it also just helps the city as a whole. You know, we'll lower yeah. the heat island um, and we'll start prepping um, against, you know, what I believe will be a rough couple of decades ahead if we don't act, act now um, with this climate crisis. Extremely rough. No, and I... I... You're 100% correct. There's no, you can't get social justice, justice without having environmental justice. Those two just go hand to hand. So no, that's really great. And also, yeah, we need more green spaces in all communities, all the under-resourced communities, not just the rich, wealthy communities. And it's very important to do that because yeah, like you said, like communities that were redlined years ago are still being affected by this. Those areas are still hotter than the areas in say like some areas of the Upper East Side, the, the, the wealthy area. So that definitely it's important. And I really liked how you said, like the, for the people that don't really care about the environment, like look around, everywhere is your environment, right, right, right in my dorm room, this is my environment. So no, that that's really great. What do you think of the work that needs to be done in terms of civil rights, economic equality, climate change? How do you prioritize or balance the effort to make all the critical progress in those areas? Yeah, that is a, a deep question. And it's also at the, you know, it's at the pinnacle of, of why I'm doing what I'm doing and when it, why I'm doing what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. Um, you know, this year in, in, in the city elections, um, we have an opportunity to, you know, elect a progressive slate um, of candidates. You know, we're electing in a new mayor. We're in electing over 30 out of 51 new city council members. Um, we're electing a Manhattan DA, a, a Brooklyn borough president, a Manhattan borough president. So we have the chance to change the tides of New York City politics. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I guess at the forefront um, of, of that um, being the case, um, I have to build coalitions, you know, with other people that are running for office to make sure that these needs, whether it's uh, social justice, uh, civil rights, um, economic justice, food justice, climate justice, um, are, are are looked at throughout the progressive lens, you know, so that we are mm -hmm. deducting from these bloated budgets that are unnecessary, um, taxing the wealthy, um, and reinvesting within, um, you know, our communities. And within those communities, um, we will be fixing, um, you know, our, our, our healthcare systems, our, our food injustice systems, our public housing, our education systems. Um, so I'm fully believing in our democratic process this year because we actually have an opportunity to change uh, what's going on here in New York. And I want people to, to focus and then look up and do research on candidates within their respective districts to get involved in municipal elections so that we can create the New York that we all need to live in, that we deserve to live in, and that we should live in. 
Exactly. All elections are very important. And like the big, the presidential election is of course important. The small elections are of course important because those are the people that are in office. Those are the people that are like choosing which funds go into what. The the last question for the majority of your campaign, because I'm going to go into a little fun part where we get to know you a little more, is um, what is one thing or two or three, however much you'd like, that you wish people would do every day that might be a change in the normal behavior, but isn't difficult and can really make an immediate impact? Mm Help a neighbor. You know, I think something that woke up a lot of people throughout this country and during the pandemic and after the murder of George Floyd is that um, I think we all uh, strayed away, or at least some of us strayed away from this Western um, ideology of individualism. Um, and I think we are, are, are starting, or at least I am and, and some people that I know, to move into the route of being more community focused. Um, help a neighbor, you know, uh, volunteer with your mutual aid network within your neighborhood. Um, volunteer uh, for a progressive council candidate or mayoral candidate or local candidate within your your, your city um, or state's district. Um, she say. Exactly, <laughs> me. Um, Please wake up and, and, and see how you can help. I know it's daunting to feel like you can change the world, nor if you have the capacity to change the world, but help someone around you. Um, there are people in need wherever you are, um, and all you have to do is ask how you can help. Um, Google how you can help um, and see how you can get involved. So that's my advice to to anyone. Um, you know, I always talk about you know what inspires me, um, and what inspires me is our generation. You know, Generation Z, um, because of how we have been raised with the internet, um, and we're able to use it for good. Um, I think anything that you're doing, whether it's art, whether it's music, whether it's fashion, whether it's politics, whether it's advocacy, um, can be uh, sculpted in the way where you're investing into someone other than yourself. Um, And I hope people Mm -hmm. figure out the way within their own respective fields to see how they can do that. You know, that's really great because I know a lot of Gen Zers and just and people in general, they get very overwhelmed with like all the information, all the problems in the world. And they feel like if they can't save the world in a day, then they get overwhelmed and start freaking out. But yeah, honestly, your advice of just, just being like, I know we, we learned in a kindergarten, but just being nice, just like looking out for a neighbor and just like, especially this pandemic showed that community matters and, and community engagement matters. So it's just, it's very important. I know it's like, it's simple advice and you would just think of it like any day, just being kind and that it, it really, that really goes a long way and can make someone's day and could change the way they think about certain things. Absolutely. So, so yeah, that's really great. So um, I loved listening to all, to everything you had to say. I loved getting an insight into a bunch of your, cause I had some of these environmental questions because I care a lot about that. So thank you so much for answering those. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so now I just want to ask you some little, um, I called it my fun part, um, okay. just like some, some funny questions and things that you definitely wouldn't be answering on your campaign um, okay. <laughs> trail and campaign in general. Right. So question number one, who is your celebrity crush if you could pick anyone? Literally anyone who is like your all time, like, oh my God, this person. Celebrity crush. Um, I obviously would say like Frank Ocean. Um, yeah. Michael B. Jordan. Oh, I was going to, I was going to say him. So it's pretty basic, but, but yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, <laughs> Kevin Abstract. He's a little short. Mm, yeah. I'm not picky. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I was going to be, no, I was going to be even even more basic than you because I was going to say um, Michael B. Jordan and Zendaya, but like, obviously. So. Definitely nobody in politics, that's for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no. We're, and we don't need to clash with that. Definitely right, no politics. Right. <laughs> um, 
if you had to choose, because again, you're running for New York City Council, um, what is your favorite restaurant in the entire city? Shout out small businesses. What's like your like go-to meal that like at that place too? Oh, okay. I would have to say peaches. Um, peaches is What's the that? It's a Southern um, food spot here in, in Bed-Stuy and they also have a location um, in Fort Greene. Um, their hot house is on Tompkins Ave and like their main restaurant. Is oh, on- oh, that's close to me. Oh, are you in Bed-Stuy? No, oh no, I thought I thought you oh, said Tompkins. No, no, Tompkins. <laughs> <laughs> and they meant like Tompkins no. Square Park. I was no, like, no, oh, no. that's not that far from me. <laughs> Tompkins in Brooklyn, and this is what I get. I am on keto right now. Um, but how is that? It's it's it, it keeps me focused. Um, okay, okay, fair. Did yesterday. Um, but uh, my favorite thing to get there is their fried chicken sandwich with their mac and cheese. And the trick to do is like get the mac and cheese and like put it on the fried chicken sandwich. So it's like that sounds amazing. That yeah. sounds really good. But um, fun fact, fun fact, I'm vegan. So do they have any vegan options for me? Fried it's hard. Potatoes. Yeah, no, th- there's this um, collard green. What? Yeah, I guess I can have those. No, but I, I forgot I forgot what it's called, but there's this southern restaurant that specializes in vegan food in the city and I've always wanted to go. They have like vegan fried Champs. chicken, they have vegan mac is it? It might be. Check out I, Champs I'm not- Diner. Champs Champs, I don't know if they're in Manhattan, but like I think the Champs is like crazy yummy. Oh yeah, yeah. Champs is in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. I've wanted to go. Yeah, no, th- that place looks really good and their pancakes yeah, yeah. look amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I also saw that Alana Glazer, the legend, has endorsed you. First of all, how was that? And how did you even get into that? Amazing. Honestly, like the first time I met her, I had to remind her at the meet and greet. But the first time I met Alana um, was in an airport in the Bahamas. Um, and Super random. Yeah, you know, super random. <laughs> um, but she lives in the neighborhood, um, you know, has been a supporter of the campaign since I jumped in. Um yeah, she's just been a huge supporter, um, you know, a, a advocate, a political advocate, you know, in, in a lot of the federal races, she was really at the forefront of advocating for Warnock and Ossoff in Georgia, um, and yes. has now been supporting amazing. my campaign because local pol- politics matter. Um, but I love her. She's, she's amazing icon. Um, she's going to be a mother soon. So um, we're going to create a, a, an amazing district for her child to be raised in. Uh, oh, 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 she lives in District 36? Oh, shout out her. I, I know yeah. I really love her and I love all the things that she's in. And um, so besides Alana, who else would be like a dream endorsement? Anyone specific that you've always looked up to? Like who would be like, oh my God, no way this person just endorsed me. I would say Jay-Z because Jay-Z grew up in this neighborhood. Yes. Um, he grew up, in, grew up in Marcy Houses, which is one of the locations where we, we are doing food distribution. Um, but absolutely Jay-Z. I mean, he, he's Bed-Stuy, born and bred. He drops yeah. Bed-Stuy in, in multiple songs. Um, so to have his endorsement um, would, be, would be amazing. Um, on a political level, AOC would oh, be- Of course, crazy. of course. Um, I'm hoping that that might happen. I'm manifesting that. And obviously <sighs> Bernie Sanders, who's the first political candidate um, I've ever voted for. Oh, oh my God. No, I'm manifesting AOC for you too. That would be absolutely amazing. And- <laughs> I, I hope you do. That'd be really and Jay Z, honestly. But th- that's a little less likely. But no, but I, I, I believe I believe in both. <laughs> also, I don't know about like a billionaire supporting my campaign where I'm like advocating tax billionaires in New York. Yeah, New York State billionaire. So we'll see. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Who knows about that one? But honestly, manifesting. Who knows? Anything crazy could happen. Exactly. Uh. So. Oh, maybe this will be Jay Z. But what is the last song you re- you recently listened to, or that like you're like obsessing over that you can't stop listening to? Right now, 
Let me see. What is um, it? Actually, it's a song that my campaign manager worked on. It's like the last song that I've listened to. It's called it's called Phased Out by L. Michael's Affair. Um, and I'm, I'm going to add it. E-L space M-I-C-H-L-S Affair. Um, my campaign manager is a talent. It's this? Person. Yes. Um, and it's a great. Okay, great. I'm going to listen to it. I think it's going to be our victory song when we win in June. Yes. Okay. Good. Oh my God. Oh, I'm excited to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and and the, the 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 um like the video, the art is really cute. cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this is actually going to be my last question, and I'm really excited to hear about this um this one. And I'm sad that the interview's already over. I was really like looking forward to this. And again, thank you so much for even coming on to the show and everything. Uh, what was the last thing that you did that you were like really proud of in general? Like something specific, like if it's your campaign, something specific in your campaign. Uh, okay, well, I will say first and foremost, this is a broad question. Every single day waking up doing this campaign and working on this campaign and building this movement that we're building is my pride and joy. Um, but I had this revelation the other day. Um, you know, I think when you get caught up in the work, um, you know, I think you forget, uh, you know, that you're actually helping people. Um, and I think yeah. just, you know, signed up over a hundred people within the district to get vaccinations. Um, you know, some, oh my God, amazing. Um, some people that have relatives that have, um, you know, uh, some of those illnesses that, that help them qualify. Um, so to have that, you know, reflection and, um, you know, to have this moment of, you know, understanding that I'm helping people now, um, is amazing, you know, and that's, that's what I want to do. Um, and it feels good doing it. Um, and it's, I'm so thankful that I, I'm privileged enough to be able to help others. Oh no. Oh my God. That's really great. You're like making me tear. I love that. No. And, it's, <laughs> and you're just like, you, you're just so genuine with like what you want to do. You're not like hiding behind all these big, big words that these politicians do. And like these, like, like these terms that like broken promises like you just really right. seem genuine like you really just came into here because you want to make a difference and you clearly do so mm -hmm. it's just it's honestly seeing seeing people like you like run for office is just so refreshing because one day i want to um potentially go up for a position in don't um government don't no because i really especially with like our environmental issues right. if, like if I'm not seeing enough environmental legislation, I'm going to be like, uh, okay, I'm jumping absolutely in. Absolutely do it. I was kidding about that. Please. No, no, no. I, I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it really, it seems so nice, especially to get someone, um, and I'm not ageist at all, but just seeing someone so like young in, um, hopefully, again, I'm manifest, I'm going to be writing my book for you. I hope you know that all the my manifestations, <laughs> um, seeing right. someone so young and so great and eager to make a difference is very nice. It's making you like, ha have more, more hope in the world than in politics. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's basically it for this episode of Hotter Than the Climate. Everyone follow Chi Ose. Uh, and if you're in the New York City area for District 36, everyone vote for Chi Ose, please. Uh, it was so nice speaking with you. And I'm so happy that we got to have this dialogue and this space for us to speak. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining in on this episode. See you next week on Hotter Than the Climate. Bye, baddies. Bye. <laughs>